Hey, Jub. Hey, Jen. <laughs> All right. I wanted to talk about something to talk about something else, like I often do on this program. Yeah. What do you got? So, did you hear about the Katy Perry situation that happened over the weekend? Yes. Yes, in fact, I did. Uh, well, this Monday, I suppose. So, if you guys don't know, uh, I have pulled up here the APnews.com article. Uh, just I'll just source it. Written by Andrew Dalton. Katy Perry's Dark Horse copied Christian rap song, according to a jury. A jury on Monday found that Katy Perry's 2013 hit Dark Horse improperly copied a 2009 Christian rap song in a unanimous decision that represented a rare takedown of a pop superstar and her elite producer by a relatively unknown artist. So, the artist, his name is Marcus Gray. He goes by the stage name Flame. He is a Christian rapper. Great. Um, Chance? <laughs> We're going to dunk on him a lot this episode. Oh my we? god, yeah. Uh, that that's almost... fine by me. That... I, I've watched that video that someone made like that said this is every Chance song like a hundred times. It's so funny. <laughs> Ooh, I love my wife. I, I love my wife. wife. Ah! I love my wife. Let's ride a bike. Ah! <laughs> it's It's... It's perfect because it's just literally what the album is. Unfortunately, Dribble? yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't know how close a song can be or not be to considered copying. I I really don't because what they're what ends up happening here is the part that they claim is copied is, I guess, the beat of the song. Yes. For Dark Horse, it's that you know dun 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 dun, dun you know whatever the fuck I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the back monotonous tone in the background which there's a very similar one in this gentleman flames song literally everything else is different the content of the song the way that the vocals are delivered the structure of how the song progresses the melodies the genre of music <laughs> like it's a very like hip hop inspired Katy Perry song and it does have a rap verse in it but it's not a rap song but I'm not an expert. I don't know. Maybe they can counter sue. This Maybe they a, should. It feels like it's not close enough to me, but I'm not an expert and I don't know. It's a very strange case. And that, that's what people are saying Like in this article. You don't see it very often. You don't see anything like this happening very often at all. No. It is weird as fuck that, especially a jury unanimous, unanimously made this decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because been very good lawyers on a uh, flames side, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. he had some extra cash to spend with his Christian rap career. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about, Justby. That Christian rap song. Please read me some lyrics. This is what I want to do. Yeah, please. Because this is the aspect of the story that no one is talking about. How horrible that song is. And that's is? that that song is fucking shit. It is. It is <laughs> the worst. I listened to both in the interest of seeing if you know. Gen. I was genuinely curious. Did he copy? I, I think, mean, sorry, did she copy this song? I did the same thing, right? Uh-huh. And to the naked ear, like just listening to that song, listening to the other song, I can't even fucking tell that it's It's there. literally only that monotonous tone in the back, and I think that that's not significant enough to say that it's a straight-up copy. Yeah, uh, it's weird. I, it's not something like the Shape of You one. Yes, that was bad. Where it's literally the same way that you sing No Scrubs. Yeah, it's, you it's, sing "Shape of You." Yeah, it's I very, understand very that one, and that's specifically what they were arguing. And then the settlement of that was he has to give them songwriting credit, right? Yes, uh, and money. Interestingly enough, recently, uh, Lil Nas X, when he came out with Panini, 
gave songwriting credit to Kurt Cobain and Nirvana for Panini preemptively some people assume because the chorus of that song the say to me what you want from me is similar to she's the one who likes yeah. all those pretty songs yeah, so she like, was in bloom right it's close but i i i still feel like he's just doing that to save his own ass probably yeah because it's clearly a very different fucking song it's not in bloom weird shit weird times that we live in fuck all that I just, I just want to talk about how shitty this song Please is. Please read it. We got Rap Genius pulled up here. I need you to... The song to... is called Joyful Noise by Flame, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. No, but do a dramatic reading of some of these lyrics. I'm going to read you the second verse. This is the, far, the first verse from Flame himself. The first verse is from somebody else, but this is Flame's first verse in the song. Please. Okay, so this is the man Hammer himself. Me. Hammer me This in. is the man who said, I am so fucking famous, and I make such good shit that Katy Perry copied me. This is that man. So here we go. <clears throat> man, I'm trying to lift him high. Higher than the stars. I am not of this world. Like, I'm from the planet Mars. <laughs> I love to preach Jesus. You can read it in my bars. <laughs> I'm pretty straightforward when I'm speaking about my lord. He says it like that. I'm, I'm not exaggerating that. my lord? <laughs> well, he wants it to rhyme with forward, and my lord does not. <laughs> so, my lord. <coughs> my lord. My lord. He paid the sin price, being beat by Roman guards. <laughs> but when he resurrected, gave us life free of charge. Now me and my boys... <laughs> Need to be in a psych ward. Because we went crazy for God. Our lives was scarred. It says scared in the lyrics. But he said scarred. But he says scarred. He said scarred. But he must say like scarred. Well, because everything has to rhyme with, you know, guards charge. Ward? Even though it's ward. It's scarred. It's whatever. Ph- phonetics are interesting in hip hop anyway. It doesn't well, matter. Just do what it do what sounds right. That's not the part I'm criticizing really. Right. Now in the book of life, our names have been written down. We're casting our crowns before his feet on the ground. <laughs> it's such a holy melody and a heavenly sound. Hearing holy, holy, holy coming out of the mouth of the four living creatures. By his throne all around. Can you picture the scene? That this is how it's going down? You just need a little faith. And a new set of eyes. And a telescopic lens. To look in and see God. I love it. I love it as part of the lyrics. I don't oh, love it. I hate no, it. No. <laughs> who who loves it? <clears throat> um, apparently Katy Perry. She, she apparently... According to this jury, she heard that and she was like, that's fire. We got to fucking steal that shit before someone else does. <laughs> I can't imagine a scenario where that actually happened. I'm not, I cannot. I am not usually pro-rich people in general by any sense of the imagination that's that fair. I could come There's up with. There's people I hate in this suit. Uh, Dr. Luke is one of the fucking producers of that fucking shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd like to so, bury him in a hole. I hope he dies, to be fair. To be honest, 
fuck that guy. <laughs> the way he did catch him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will bury him. I will. I will bury him in a hole. So yeah, like I don't know. No, no tears are shed here that they lost. Katy Perry will be fine. She has, I don't know, 19 other number one hits that she can sing at, you know, a Super Bowl if she needs to ever do that again. Hopefully not. <laughs> Bring back right shark. That was great. Or left shark. Whatever shark was off off time. That was the good one. They were all good sharks. <laughs> anyway, I, I just wanted to point out that. What a terrible song to be at the forefront of this <laughs> argument. Oh, my God. I love how terrible it is, honestly. It just, it just warms my heart. I, I can't think of anything more pointless than a brand of music, but then on top of it, Christian. And, and I haven't heard a lot of Christian hip-hop or rap, but I can't imagine it's any better than Christian rock. Uh. Just take Just take the Christian part out. You don't need it. You can be Christian, and you can make music. I've grown but up. But when that's the sole focus, it's just really cringy to me. I don't yeah. know. I grew up listening to a lot of Christian rock, like, inadvertently, because my mother loves Christian rock. Sure. And, uh, oh boy, it's bad. I it created, I created, I created my own broadcast. No. Oh, is that even Christian rock? I don't know. I think of their name's Creed. I guess yes. it has to be. Yeah, it's it's basically Christian yeah. rock. It, it's 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 a lot less uh, direct <laughs> than this, where he's yes. just saying like literally, just like fucking, we're crazy for God, dude. We're in the psych ward. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We God literally drove us crazy, dude. It's really unhealthy. Actually, we should we should stop. We should stop. <laughs> should stop anyway. Uh. All right. Move on with the show. Transition. Find a way to edit it. You are doing yourself a disservice because that Probably. All, all of that is going in. That's okay. Our show is a sham. Get a Jub show. That's Gen. Hey, I'm Gen. I'm Jub. That's Jub. It's true. Mm-hmm. I am, in fact, one Jub. Five ninety nine. It's yours. <laughs> I don't want to know the implications of that, but uh. Today we're going to talk about Mixer. We are. Yeah, for once. Oh, that's awful. And that, that's a platform that exists, and now everybody knows that it exists because of one thing. We'll get to that. We're also going to talk about Jurassic Park three. I'm not looking forward to that. No one's looking for it. At all. No, I'm not in the slightest bit. I feel bad. I don't. No, I feel bad because last week I said the words on this podcast uh, that I remember that it was better than two. What's what you remembered? You were wrong. It's okay. Yeah, I was really fucking wrong, Jusby. I was so fucking wrong. Oh my God, I was wrong. We'll we'll get get into the hammy hams of that one. Oh boy. Oh boy. It is. Is it one of the worst movies we've watched on this show? You know. Probably. I don't have the list of everything we've ever watched in front of me. I, oh, wait till we get to 100. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's it's better than AVP 2. It's probably better than AVP 1. It's probably better than yeah, some probably. of the lesser Halloween sequels. It's 
It's probably it's definitely the bottom half. Easy. I mean, yes. But we'll we'll, we'll get further into that for now. I have to assume it's going to remain at the bottom of the tier list unless Fallen Kingdom is as bad as is worse than I hear is what I is what I mean to say. I don't think it'll be worse than Jurassic Park three, but we'll we'll find out. For now, I'll, I'm gonna go back to the old format. <laughs> Other than the one I started yeah, last week. Again, what have you been playing, bud? I found a randomizer. Yeah. Made for me. Yes. Which doesn't happen often because I'm not usually uh, the kind of guy that likes to play Zelda. Ocarina or Link to the Past. I like Ocarina, but like I'm not as familiar with it to like do a randomizer regularly. Maybe eventually. Uh, I don't do the Super Metroid one that you guys do. I, I'm not into RPGs. I know there's a couple for stuff like Final Fantasy and shit like that. The games from that era that I liked were like platformers, and those are kind of hard to make one of because not a lot of it can be shuffled around and work. But then someone, some crazy motherfucker decided to make a Mario 64 randomizer, and it's great. I love it. I have a few problems, but, I mean, it's, it's a fan-made thing, so it's whatever. So they take everything in every level... And just shuffle it all about the entire level. For instance, if you go to bob Battlefield, the first level in Mario 64. Yeah. And you're like, all right, where's the King bob He's not on top of the mountain. Oh, he's on the floor of the level, right near the start. <laughs> That's amazing. And then you fight him, and then the star spawns. Way far away. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, does, it still spots the top of the But mountain. you might not even have to go get that because you know the star that's normally behind the gate with the chain chomp in front of it? Yeah. That's just right near you at the start. Okay. You or spawn in a random place as well. This is very yeah. important to note that. Coin placement is randomized, making trying to go for 100 coins sometimes impossible on some levels. Uh, and, and to kick it all off, you don't even you're not even going to go to the first level first because all the portraits are randomized too. So my first experience with this was jumping into Bob on Battlefield and actually going to Course Ten, the second snow level, <laughs> and then uh, just figuring it out as I go. And then all the doors have random uh, amounts of stars that they need to open. But you might not even need them because there's ways to go about it that you can just shortcut through the paintings. Because like if you go into Course Ten. From one painting, when you come out of the level, you're coming out of where Course 10 is. Oh. So then you can kind of use that as a way to, like, navigate, shortcut your way around the castle. In addition to the 15 levels of the game, there's also, like, I think I want to say, like, five or six little bonus levels. Like, the three for the hats that you unlock throughout the game. There's the secret slide that's iconic, of course, through the little peach painting. Yeah. Uh, there's a little underwater section, and then I think there's another sky level thingy yes um so that's six other things that are in the mix oh well no (coughs) eight because there's the bowser areas as well the only thing that's consistent is the 70 star door at the end of the game that leads to the final bowser area and the final fight against bowser is the same every time that's always going to be that because that's how you beat the game you have to get 70 stars and beat bowser just like normal mario 64 However, you can get there any way you want and through all the levels and back and forth and try and get the easy ones and, you know, see which ones are possible. Uh, I haven't beat a seed yet because uh, I had some trouble with it because it doesn't save what seed you're on. There is a way to manually input the seed and then it'll be on that seed. But when you reset the emulator, 
it seems to uh, just go back to random seed. So I've went back and started games uh, over again <laughs> multiple times now because I fucked up and didn't remember what seed I was on because uh, it doesn't save that information for you, which is unfortunate. I don't know if that's commonplace or not, but it's whatever. I'm going to get around it. I'm going to beat one of these one day. Yeah, do it. It's fun. Uh, 120 stars are technically possible, but not on all. The, but not on all the seeds. I've watched um, speedrunners do it. I'm not a speedrunner. I'm not good at the game. Uh, <laughs> I'm tolerable, but I, I can't do like technical things. I can't. You know, I'm not about to jump off the edge of the map just to like get to a location quicker. Those people are insane at the game, and and like you know, getting everything on like levels like Rainbow Cruise with the randomizer on is like next to fucking impossible. It's fucking insanity. Oh yeah. So that shit's impressive though. As always with Mario 64 speedrun shit. I love it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And hopefully we'll continue to do so. Yeah. <coughs> Man. Everybody cough. I'm dying, dude. I feel like I've been coughing for the last like 900 episodes. Same? Yeah. I don't know. Well, last two for me, I guess, because I was sick. Maybe it'll and, end eventually. Maybe I'll just die. Well, I, I was I had a sinus infection. And I I was on antibiotics for it, and uh, I don't have any more. I'm off of it, but I'm still coughing and having sinus drainage. So I don't know. It sucks. Fuck me, I guess. Nah. Did you play anything? I have mm-hmm. another game I could talk about. But... I sure did. All right. Uh, if you want to bounce to me for a second, I didn't play any new games in particular, but I did some new stuff. I played the new Smash character, Hero. Oh, yeah. This came out about, what, two days ago now? Ban him. He's Three too good. Ago. Three days ago from when the podcast launches. Yeah. And I rather enjoy him a lot. He's a lot of fun. Hero has is is, is been kind of an interesting ride since since Tuesday when he was revealed. In soccer, I did a little like kind of like direct so I'll sit at the desk, show you what's going on type stream. Mm-hmm. Was it? It was just a video. It wasn't a stream. It was still heavily edited. It wasn't like a Twitch stream. And described what Hero was doing, and then talked about a move that has a chance to one hit KO you. And the Smash community lost its collective mind. Yeah, everybody's like taken out of the game. Yeah, like everybody. Well, was, by like, everybody, I mean people that are overreacting. My favorite yeah. thing to come out of that was uh, Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, big old professional Smash player Zero was doing a watch-along thing with it. And then when he said that it was a chance to one-hit KO, he lost his mind and painted a really funny picture of us with MK Leo. Okay. MK Leo. We would actually say because he's, he's, he's uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. At Grand Finals of the tournament last game, he's on his last stock, high percent. He's behind. He gets the opponent spawn. They spawn at Zero. On their last stock, and he just walks up to him and casts Thwack, the spell that has a chance to instant KO, and it kills him, and MK Leo wins the tournament. It's like, yeah, it's possible. Hmm. It's possible. Sure. This is... So, when that happened, the internet... The Smash community lost its collective mind, and everybody was very concerned. Hero came out later that night, and it's not that bad. I'm not surprised that it's not that bad. No, I, I think there's collective overreacting going on. Hero is slow as shit. That's Hero's And that's also issue. a really hard move to pull off successfully, consistently, because you can't because it's RNG. Right. That's so like saying Hero, that you need to ban Game & Watch because he has the 9 hammer. Right. Hero has a... All of that is part of a command menu that Hero pulls up by, by using his down B. Right? Pulls up a command list. It pulls uh, four random commands. 
from a list uh, from a pool of like twelve, I think, and two of them have a chance to instant kill. One significantly less than the other. So, so you not only do you have to pull it up and get that command, you have to cast it and successfully hit it. The opponent can shield it. And, and then when you hit it, it still has a chance for them to die. And it's a low chance, too, especially when they're at low percent. So it's interesting. Hmm. I think Hero, if we're talking from a competitive perspective, I think Hero is has way too slow of airspeed, and his aerials, while powerful, are not fast and not that great. I think he will not be, like, this absolutely broken god-tier character that people were freaking out that he might be at the start. Now, I think bullshit will still happen with him. That's kind of happened. There there have been a couple like small weekly tournaments since he's come out where people have hit somebody with a thwack and killed them, and of course the opponent gets upset. Mm-hmm. But Hero is, uh, besides all of that, Hero is very fun to play. There's a The randomness, is, I think, is fun. Yeah, for people who uh, love Smash but also play other fighting games, this isn't that big of a deal. This isn't yeah. too much new stuff. Anybody's played Guilty Gear? <laughs> they know about the random shit oh, man. in that game. There are a couple characters in Guilty Gear that have a large random factor to them. Uh, I think Skullgirls has a couple characters like that. Look, even in Smash, there's the potential to get these weird, random, big KO moves like Game & Watch's Hammer. Like Jigglypuff's rest, yeah, that are really risky things to do, that can leave you now, wide open. What I will say is like that it's hard to it do. is less risky with Hero to land it. Sure, it is less risky because there is because you pull up a command menu and the command is there. You cast it, and it can hit or it can not hit. If it doesn't hit, you can still get away from it. And if you cast a big one, thwack, it uh, it has enough like shield stun that you can feasibly not get punished. Now, you still have to waste a bunch of time opening up the menu, getting to that move, etc., etc., and your opponent can do whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. If, they, and if, they're, if they're smart, they'll push you aggressively and force you to either cast something quickly, basically face, forcing you to play your hand, or making you cancel it, and just nothing happens. He, he's not like Jigglypuff or Game & Watch. Even Game & Watch, I think, is closer to Hero, I would say. Jigglypuff is a move that you can set up to get a guaranteed kill with it if you're really good. And if you miss it, you can be killed, basically. Game yes, Watch, if yes. Game Watch misses a 9 and hits with, I don't know, like a 6 or 7, it's fine. It's the same same thing. Unless you get a 1, that does damage to you. That sucks. Yeah, the 1 sucks. All the other ones have some kind of something else that happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's kind of what you get out of Hero with the command menu. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Hero's more comparable to Game & Watch than Jigglypuff. Okay. But nonetheless, Hero's really fun to play. It's cool to see some Akira Toriyama art in a Smash game. That is that is wild. Closest you're going to get to fucking Goku and Smash, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the stage is beautiful and really cool. And Good music. I don't know much music. about Dragon Quest, but I'm sure people are very happy about Dragon it. Quest they're big is, fans of it, yeah. Dragon Quest is dope. And any, anybody that's played Dragon Quest knows that it's dope. It's a really good set of RPGs. Uh... This is a bigger deal for Japan than it is for us. Yeah. By a wide margin. Uh, there's not not nowhere near as many people in the U.S. that play Dragon Quest compared to Japan, where it's just massive. Bigger than Final Fantasy, I think. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Quest is the shit out there. Well... Here, not so much. We're probably going to get ones that cater to us 
in the next uh, couple, banjo, if easy. I had to guess. Banjo is. Um, banjo caters to U.S. players more. And if I had any predictions about what the last two characters would be, they probably cater to U.S. interests more than Japanese interests. It'll be interesting. We'll see. see. You, you've had characters that cater to both. Like, I think Joker caters to both. Persona yeah, is yeah. big. It, it, Persona's huge in both countries. Yeah, for uh, sure. Persona 5 sold, like, hotcakes mm-hmm. here in America as a PS4 exclusive. Sold like hotcakes. Also, really big Pretty in Japan. Good. All Persona games are big in Japan. RPGs are generally more big in Japan than they than they are here. Yeah. Uh, Banjo, however, is definitely bigger in the U.S. by a by a wide margin. Well, this that is kind only of makes the opposite. Sense, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of the opposite with with Dragon Quest. I would say. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely people in Japan that know and give a shit about Banjo Kazooie, but it is a bigger deal here. Yeah. So. The amount of level, the, like the level of care and detail that has went in to the DLC characters so far, makes me so fucking excited for Banjo. There's gonna be all kinds of little intricacies that we didn't notice in the E3 trailer. I oh, can't yeah, wait. Absolutely. I can't wait to see that shit. I've seen after seeing the full move set and everything. So we'll, we'll get him probably about two, three more months. God, I hope so. It'll be sometime in the fall. If it, if it's following this schedule and the last one, technically like halfway through the yeah. fall. Yeah. Running out of time, man. These five fighters are supposed to come out in the year, right? No. I don't know how that's going to happen. It won't. They they won't. It won't. My friend ran down with his Switch and showed me that he won with Hero. What a loser. Hey, come here real quick. Come here, bud. Come here. I want to ask you one question, okay? I need you to answer it for me. I don't want you to say... I want you to just answer this question with a yes or no, okay? No, come here. Come here. One yes or no. Is, is, is Hero busted? Fuck yeah! You are incorrect. Go upstairs, bud. Thank you. <laughs> Damn. I appreciate your help, though. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, Hero's not busted. Anyway, I just want to talk about Hero, okay? I haven't played anything else. I did a, did a Super Metroid Link to the Past randomizer race with my brother for the first time. That was fun. Yeah. I kicked his ass. He got fucking... I fucking killed him, dude. I was ahead of him by, like, probably a total of, like hour of gameplay. By the time it was all said and done. Yike. How good are you at Mario 64? Bad. Okay. We're doing I, I, that I would totally time. be down to... Let's do that at one point. Yeah. It's going to not go well for either of us, because it's just going to be shit. I, I'm down to, I'm <laughs> down to play that. I want to play that really bad, though, because I love... Much as I love Mario 64, I'm really bad at it. Have you seen it yet? I've seen it, yes. Okay. Yeah, I watch videos. All right. I know what it looks like. I... I As much as I love Mario, across the board, I am bad at Mario. Okay. That is, that is the one thing that my mind cannot wrap its head around. In general, is like those kind of platforming games... Yeah, I got Can't you. Can't do them. Yeah, I got you. I can do, like, platforming segments in games like Super Metroid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot do Mario. I, my mind will not wrap it. My, I won't, can't wrap my head around it, but I try, and I still have a fun time. So, it'll be fine. I'm totally down. All right. I, I just want to race, race somebody in that, because I'm not, I don't know. I got to practice more in Mario 64, because I forget a lot. I, I forget about, like... <sighs> Those last five levels of the game are like a real blind spot for me. I gotta re-familiarize myself with that shit. I, I've 100%ed it on 64 and DS, but um, it's always, been a bit. You always play the end, uh, the beginning part of a game more than you play the end of the game. Well, of your favorite game, of course, yeah. That's kind of how it goes. A link to the past. The, the the randomizer has familiarized me more with the last like like two dungeons and and uh, Ganon's castle. More than I ever have in Link to the Past. Right. So I've been in Link to the Past my fair share of times, like quite a few, but 
I always forget, like, my mind is more ingrained in the, in the entire light world and, like, Thieves' Town and Palace of Darkness than anything else in the game. So playing that randomizer, like, really got, like, made me remember these dungeons and how much right. I hate, like, two of them. <laughs> Those make you play stuff late in the game, early in the game, too, so. Yeah, that, too. Like, you mm-hmm. go to the, like, oh, there's so many seeds of A Link to the Past where it makes you go to Thieves' Town first, and that shit sucks. <laughs> that that dungeon is it's it's definitely not the worst dungeon. It's far from it, but it's just hard if you don't have good equipment. Right. Okay. Eh, nothing that I really have to say. All right. Uh, cool. I want to talk about a TV show, not The Walking Dead. You can calm down. Now I know we hyped it up a little bit on Twitter, but I think I'm going to wait to talk about Fear the Walking Dead because uh, in an atypical fashion, they're actually uh, only taking a like two week break and then they're coming back with new episodes. Jesus, uh, the whole thing's over. Yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, wait, we'll see if it justifies itself as half season, half season, because that's how I think of them as like kind of like complete seasons of eight episodes. A two week break though is like, but a two week break is really short and atypical for this show. Um, and there's a lot of. <sighs> I want to see if the show can redeem itself in the second half. Because the first half is really terrible and really bad. So I'll hold off on really getting into it, I guess. But Talk about the other thing, which is... Uh, the Boys, which hey. is a good TV show. Watch that shit. Oh, I'm my God. S- I'm so goddamn happy to hear that. I, I, I imagine you as well. So fucking oh God, concerned. Yeah, yeah. I was so worried. So if you're not familiar with what The Boys is, there's... So many ways they could have fucked it up. Basically, it is. It's a, it's a weird, hard thing to pull off. I think they did it tremendously well, though. It is a uh, completely and utterly fucked up Garthiness comic. Yeah, and if if anybody knows is familiar with his work, you know what you kind of know what you're getting into. Except this is, I think, on a bigger scale. <sighs> Gar- Garthiness is uh, strange. I love his work. So all of his stuff is satirical. Yes, but in order so. to make his point, he kind of like goes like the South Park method, where like yeah, it's satire, but to make our point, here's a lot of gross shit, here's a lot of edgy shit. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's not nearly as comedic. Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. It depends. The boys is really the boys funny. is really funny. But um, but yeah, there's lots of fucked up fucking crazy things that happen. It pushes boundaries. I believe the boys was originally going to be under DC's Vertigo banner, much like his previous work, Preacher, was. Yeah. And DC said, oh my god, no. (laughs) (laughs) After seeing some of the content that was about to be in it. I think they even started uh, putting it out on that, and then they said no. I I can't remember entirely correctly, but then it went over to Dynamite, which uh, I don't know everything that they put out. It's just another comic company. One on the outskirts, kind of like a yeah dark horse. The Boys is great, but there's a lot of things with it that like I feel like my tastes have... I, I can't look back on all of it with rose-colored glasses as much anymore. Yeah. There's parts of it that make me kind of cringe, and I feel like he goes a little too far in some aspects. Herogasm? Herogasm is one of those. That's like literally just a miniseries about the superheroes having an orgy. <laughs> Basically, it's like it's like when they have the big Infinity War esque team up. Really, it's just an excuse for them to go fuck. I guess we should actually talk about what the premise is for the boys because we didn't do that. We just jumped into that. 
The Boys yeah. is uh, it's a world where superheroes are real. So you have your Justice League stand-in, the Seven, uh, your Superman stand-in, Homelander, and you know, and so on and so on. It's basically just the Justice League. They're real, but they're assholes. Terrible, awful assholes. At least most of them. They're more akin to celebrities or bad politicians than actual heroic figures. And this the series leans into that aspect way more than than the comic ever did. The comic kind of just said that they're just like shitty, terrible, awful people. The series kind of just presents them as just these awful celebrities, kind of. And in some ways, politicians, I suppose, because, you know, they can kind of like make speeches and get people to follow them because they are have this guise of being important. Uh, it ended up being really political and like well-timed, I guess you could say, this show. I was worried it was going to feel a little dated because the comic originally came out in like the early 2000s to late 2000s. Yeah. But no, they did a pretty good job of making this really work in Trump era where... People are uh, seem to be easily led by the hand in electing these, reality uh, show stars as presidents. Yeah, and worshiping racists. Yeah, and you know, very uber Christian people and just dangerous beliefs and hateful opinions being expressed as normal ones. There, it goes into that a lot. So in the world of the boys, they're terrible, horrible assholes. These superheroes, but. It's kind of under the radar. So there's this group called the Boys that view it as their job to keep the superheroes in check and sometimes whip their fucking ass if they step out of line and maybe even kill them. The show kind of takes this route where we see the team form. It's not like the, the team is kind of already formed in the comic. Yeah. When you start it, except your they add a member, your right. main character, Hughie. Yes. The leader is Butcher, but at the beginning of the series, it's just Butcher doing shit. He has connections to these people from previous jobs, but it's it's kind of just like he has to convince all of them to rejoin, basically. Okay. The group is not together at the beginning of the show. And that's smart because it lets us get introduced to them one over by time. One. Right. One by one. Like the group isn't all there until episode four, basically. Okay. Um, which is, a, I think, a good method because you don't want to just throw all these characters at you right away. Yeah, that kind of method's better for TV. And they also um, go about the characters smarter and more realistically. Like, um, the members are Butcher. He's handled perfectly well. He's played by uh, Carl Urban. Okay, yeah. Uh, He's great. I hope I got that right. I don't want to get the fucking names wrong. What are the names? What are are the names, Mm. Genny? Look at the names. In the comic, Hughie looks like Simon Pegg. Yes. That's totally who they went with. Simon Pegg is in it. But he's not Hughie. He plays Hughie's dad. Ah, uh, okay. It works really well. Hughie himself is played by this guy named Jack Quaid. He's excellent. Hughie is great. He works fantastically as the main character. He's identifiable. He's not like a complete psychopath like some of these people. Like Butcher? Um, Butcher is very portrayed negatively in this. Uh, there's room for development because this is just season one. But like, yeah, once you get like into it, he's like a fucking... Complete psycho. Kind of the comic book, um, too. Yes, very much so. Uh, this gets deep into the lore way more than I thought it would. Like, like there's 12 volumes of the comic, right? Yes. This gets all the way up to stuff that's in volume 10. 
Holy shit. Um, it, 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 you know, picks and chooses things to yeah. bring up, but, like, it's doing all kinds of stuff from the entire run of the comic that, like, I didn't think they would get to this soon. I didn't think they would. And it's only eight episodes. So I, I'm very curious what they're actually going to do with season two, because I don't actually see this going more than three seasons because it's it's a very rapid pace. Well, that's good, though. Um, which is good. Short so sweet, baby. they introduce you to the boys slowly, and they change some of their characters up. Mother's Milk. Yes. I don't think they're going to have him be called Mother's Milk because of why he's called Mother's Milk in the comic. Yeah. Which is probably a good move. <laughs> that shit's so fucking funny, though. That shit's weird. Um, He's portrayed as a much more realistic character. He's likable. The Frenchman is also portrayed more realistically. He's a nutcase, but... He's not so nutty that he's, like, a cartoon character like he kind of is in the comic. Like, there's literally that issue where he talks about where he comes from, and he, it's just, like, they're, like, jousting with baguettes and, like, just crazy shit. Like, it's, it's not that fucking nutty. But, yeah, he's, like, a murderer and, like, a mercenary and, like, a drug addict and all this stuff, and... But he ends up being one of the more sympathetic characters, actually. And then the female is portrayed uh, pretty similarly, but more realistically. That's just kind of across the bar. The superheroes themselves, interestingly enough, get more development than they did in the comic, which is actually kind of interesting. We get to know them a little more. We spend a lot more time with them. The Seven specifically, because the comic kind of progressed in a way where, like, the Seven were the major focus... But there was tons of other little superhero teams that they were worried about before they get to the main yeah. group. Uh, that doesn't really happen here. It's kind of just like always that main group is their focus. Because like Butcher recruits Hugi to kill like Homelander and A-Train and the Seven. Like That's yes. their goal. So we get to know the Seven and they expand and change a lot of them. Uh, the Deep... <laughs> is one that uh, is a personal oh, favorite of mine. Yeah. And once you see the first episode, you're going to be like, Genhart, that's a terrible character to say is your favorite amongst the terrible superheroes. And I'm like, yes, but then keep going. <laughs> because okay. they do uh, they do a lot of shit with him, and it's a great... <laughs> I, I wouldn't really call it a redemptive arc. I, I would say it's like a comeuppance arc. <laughs> okay. I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, really. It works really well, and I'm curious to how they actually progress with it, because uh, he's kind of a very different character when you end the season. And the same could be said with A-Train and a couple of the other characters, too. Uh, Homelander is played by Anthony Starr. He's the best. He does it so well. Just this, like, absolute asshole. He's the, he, he just does it so well. Love him. They nail <laughs> how he, like, is just pretending to be Superman and is actually just a psychopath the whole time. So there's a scene that, in the comics, that I think is, like, one of my favorite scenes that they do in the show, but they change it up wisely. In the comics, there's a scene where 9-11 happens... And it's yeah. literally 9-11. Right. It's the superheroes go to prevent 9-11. Yes. They go to stop the plane. Yeah. And then it gets fucked up. Right. At the time, I was like, haha, edge humor. But like now looking back on it, I'm like, that's probably not the right way to go about this. No, not By at making all. it actually 9-11. I think that confuses the issue and kind of just feels like gallows humor and like kind of like mean-spirited. So there's a similar scene to that in this, but... Wisely, it's not actually fucking 9-11. Good job. <laughs> it involves a plane, and it's very similar. It crashing this plane? Doesn't have to be 9-11 to get the point across that... Is it Bane? It's not Bane. Bane? But nice try. Bane? 
overall, I, I would just say watch it. It's uh, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to get it really well. soon. I'm going to have a, a lot of spare time coming up this next week. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just going to sit down from a big old TV and put it on. I usually don't binge shows, but this one works really well as a bingeable show because it's only eight episodes and then it's done. It has a huge twist at the end. And I say huge twist. Like I don't know how well the mileage of it will work for someone who hasn't read the comic, actually. Um, if you have read the comic, you're gonna you, you when this happens, you're gonna be like, oh, that's different. What the hell does that mean? Because it's something that is not in the comic. So it's deci- it's a decidedly different change, and I welcome it because it's interesting. Yeah. Um, you don't have to stick one to one if you actually do interesting things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adapt it. Don't so, just copy it. Curious to see how that works with people that like haven't read the comic though and like don't know that that's just not how that goes at all so um we'll see i'm very curious to see season two uh there's lots of interesting little threads they can pull on and uh i won't spoil anything but like uh somebody shows up who i love in the last episode of season one very briefly in a cameo role and then it was confirmed that he's gonna be a major character in season two uh I'm very excited for that, knowing who this individual is. I won't say who, because Jusby... It's it's better when it's just like he just shows up in it, and it's like, oh! No oh boy. It's Kevin James! I'm just kidding, it's not Kevin James. Don't don't expect Kevin James. Yeah, please, I don't want Kevin James. Get out of here, please. You know him as Malka. Oh, Paul Blart, Paul Blart. <laughs> Blart, 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 Blart. Paul Blart, Maul Blart. Blart, Blart, Maul Cop. Oh, man. Blart Cop, Maul Blart. Uh, speaking of Garth Ennis comics, I gotta watch Preacher too. Um, I haven't started yet, but like Preacher's on its last season, which is wild to me <laughs> yeah. because even more so than I mean, I guess with with seeing how they're doing the boys, it can be done. But I feel like there's a lot in Preacher, and the progression of it is designed to be a road story where like they go from place to place and just shit happens. Yeah. So that feels like a multi-season thing, not four seasons. If they had to end it, they had to end it. I don't know the circumstances. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that they probably had to end it. Well, I know season three didn't do so hot with the ratings, so well, there you it's go. Possible. It's because uh, at least they let them end it. AMC shows going down the tube. Oh, except them Walking Dead ones. Those, you know, they confirmed uh, fear for a sixth season. The fuck! In the middle of this worst season I've ever seen in my life. So but weird. But I said I wasn't going to talk about that, and I and I and I won't. And I won't. It definitely feels like Walking Dead's not. To- cultural phenomenon it once was yeah but at the same time we're getting a rick movie in theaters and we're getting a third spinoff show weird they're trying to milk it for all it's worth before it's gone and i think actually oddly enough the comic ending is going to expedite that yes i like a lot of these things don't have to follow the comic but like a lot of that fan dedication and interest is going to wane it's going to wane well, yeah, I think so. It, it's it's already happening for me because like I know that they're not going to adapt the ending as it's written, not even close. And I and I know I just said that you don't have to, but they haven't earned anything else for me yet. They haven't convinced me that they can end it in a way that's interesting. Yeah, I would rather see the ending of Rick and Carl's story, which is how the comic ends. But uh, can't get that because Carl's story ended in season eight. Rick's story is yet to end, but will end in. <laughs> movies yep bizarre don't understand what they're doing i don't know 
All right, let's talk about something else that's really bizarre. Yeah. So this morning, it was announced that big ol' popular Twitch streamer and Fortnite guy, Ninja, has left Twitch and is permanently only streaming on Mixer. The Microsoft equivalent, basically. Microsoft's competition, I'd say, to Twitch. It's crazy that Microsoft has been... Uh buying all these companies up, you know, it's it, they're getting all these exclusivity deals. They bought all these companies like Obsidian, yeah, and Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a big move like that. I just what I'm trying oh, to. Oh, it is. Ninja's a, Ninja by himself is basically <laughs> I a joke, brand. but yeah, he's like a business almost. Just this one fucking Yeah, he's like a brand. Yeah. On his own. And that, that that's kind of what successful Twitch streamers do is they kind of turn themselves into a brand. That's kind of the idea. <sighs> And he's done that very successfully, and now that success has bought him a partnership with an entire platform. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, obviously the amount has not been disclosed as of yet, if it will ever be. But I would imagine it, it has is, to have been a fuck jillion dollars. Okay? I imagine it had to have been a fuck ton of money to pull somebody from the obvious biggest streaming platform in the world to a much smaller platform. It had to have been a huge deal. Yeah, for sure. So Ninja made the announcement this morning that he will no longer be streaming on Twitch, will be streaming exclusively on Mixer. And, of course, the internet blew up about this. This is this is the first move of its kind like this, where you have another streaming platform buying exclusivity with a person. Yeah, it's weird to see. It's I, unprecedented. I, I... This is all new territory. It here. might start happening more because Ninja Possibly. is the biggest Twitch streamer. Right. If this if this results in a big enough shift of a lot of people watching Mixer and, and it, the proof comes in the pudding that Microsoft has made gangbusters off of this, it is going to throw right back at Twitch saying, oh, maybe you need to buy exclusivity to people. <sighs> it might not work. It's hard to say. It's a real we don't big know. risk. It's new. It's new. This is, a, this is uncharted territory. Ninja... Is the Fortnite guy? Yes. And Fortnite's huge. It won't always be huge. I think Ninja will always be huge. It's really hard to say. I think not. Not always, I would say, but I think he can live past Fortnite now. I think on it's his possible, own, his, his name is no longer exclusively tied to Fortnite. I don't think. I think he he has played other games on his stream, and it's still ridiculous. Like when Apex Legends came out and he streamed it, it was fucking nuts. Right. Like, Fortnite doesn't have to be his only game. And Fortnite still has legs. And it, it's still going to be going. We have not seen the last of Fortnite. Whoa, they just put mechs in the game. Yeah, for, for a very long time, I think. Fortnite will be the shit. This is like that generation's Halo, man. Is Fortnite. It really Sad. is. I wish they had Halo instead. Yeah, I mean, Halo's a better <laughs> game. But this is what it is. It's what happens when you take forever to come out with a new Halo. Yeah. Well, and, and, then, and then it's not as good as the old right, Halo too. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, that that's Halo for its time was you know completely revolutionary, and Fortnite has, on its own, absolutely changed the game. And how and they changed the game for battle royales. They changed the game how free to play works. And I guess how you make a really successful free to play battle royale game is just you know work your employees completely to the bone and making constant new content. Yeah, dude. That's how you do it. Kill them. You know, Apex is doing the exact opposite, and they're, they're still seeing success, which is good. Yeah, just not as much as Fortnite. I, Fortnite I, I, wants all the success. I encourage people to 
if they're going to play a Battle Royale game that's free, play Apex Legends because uh, workers' rights. Well, also because it's a better game and it's like, you know, it's a game. It is a better game. It's a game. For well, Fortnite's a game. Fortnite's a game. Fortnite's a game. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't knock Fortnite. I, I don't, don't like it. I, I don't, don't like it at all. I don't I like that it. it changes what the game is constantly, basically. That's what a lot of people like about um, it. Yeah, it keeps it fresh, but like, it's to the point where like, if you stopped playing Fortnite for a couple weeks, you're fucked. Nah, not that far. Or at least it's changed so much that you have to It's about every yourself. every couple months or a month or so. Every season, the it's game radically changes. It's way too frequently for my tastes. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I a part of me is glad that this is what kids have, because yeah, it's interesting. You know, they used to have Call of Duty, and they used to say that they were gonna fuck my mom on Xbox Live. That's what I did, baby. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I fucking. You did. know, it's way preferable to that. I'm still, I'm. They're probably still saying they're gonna fuck my mom. Oh yeah, but, just in Fortnite. You know, at least they're not going like, haha, I killed the terrorists. Haha, I'm gonna teabag you. <laughs> that all, I mean, literally all still happens, bud. It probably does. Just in a different game. And probably less so, because a lot smaller kids are playing it, and there's not as many options for I'm just trash talking shit like that. I know parents don't pay attention. No. So I'm glad that the big game is still technically for children. What's more dangerous about... Well, I'll say it's more dangerous, and what, has, what I like less about the way it is now with Fortnite... Is because it's a free-to-play game and it has its microtransactions, it's big old money squeezies you can get out of that. And a lot of people have been tricked into buying shit from microtransactions. The, ev- the evidence is out there if you go and find it. Right. Or you can just go watch a few Jim Serling videos and you'll get the idea. That wasn't possible for us back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'd say that's the only advantage, I would say, compared to games like when we were just play Halo 3 or 2 online all day when we were kids during the summer. And then Fortnite, which, once again, if oh, a parent accidentally linked their credit card to it, didn't realize to do it, the kid just buys all the shit. That shit's not refundable. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, so it's a little more dangerous in that context. But anyway, Ninja, getting bought up by Mixer, he's putting out a big thing where, where people can put in a code and get, get a free month sub to him for him starting streaming there. Mixer mm-hmm. is different from Twitch in a couple ways. For all, I know a lot of people have... Probably no idea what the fuck Mixer even is. Mixer is a streaming platform like Twitch, except there's a couple significant differences. One of them is there's more interactivity compared to Twitch, where there are a lot of different things you could do in Mixer that let other people interact with your game and do different things with your game. I don't think that applies for Fortnite necessarily, but for like Minecraft, for example, you can make different things happen in the game. Yeah. Like if somebody's playing survival, you could spawn enemies on them and like have certain things happen. And you can do that with a lot of other Microsoft games and mm. other games that have have support That's for That's interesting, it. but if it had the numbers that Twitch had, those features are dangerous. <laughs> those features could be exploited to be well, mean. If Mixer starts getting popular because of Ninja, we'll kind of start seeing it. Might see it go away. The idea, yeah. the, the, the play for Microsoft here is to bring Ninja over exclusively to Mixer and then bring more bodies in the door, bring more popularity to Mixer. Of course. That's the idea. If that pays off or it's just people who want to watch Ninja go watch him on Mixer is yet to be seen. We have to wait for other people to start going over too. Right. Um, and that all depends happens, if... Twitch might may try and make some moves themselves. No, we'll we'll see what happens. I think as of right now, Twitch probably won't do shit. Because why? 
Why do they need to? Yeah, that's it, true. You know, only if the money starts disappearing to Mixer, then Twitch will step in. Right well, now, they're still the biggest platform in the world. Ninja was a lot of their money, and he's gone. Not as much as you think. Well, probably not, but I, I don't know. Do you think about all of the it other... He is their biggest guy. Right. He is their biggest guy, for sure. Single person, he's their biggest. But you have to look at what... Like, all of the other countless amounts of creators that are on that platform. And how much Twitch makes money off of them. Any creator now... Like, I, like when I stream, Twitch ads play on my stream. I don't get these shit from that because I'm not partnered. Right. All of that avenue... Now, all of that revenue goes to Twitch. So, for every single person that views a Twitch stream, they're getting ad revenue. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people watching Twitch... Any hour of the fucking day. Yep. It's huge. So them losing a little bit of money off of Ninja and that subscriber money and shit hurts them. They're definitely going to lose money from Ninja being gone. But it is probably a drop in the bucket. Drop in the collective bucket. That's the way I see it, at least for now. Not all that's yet to be seen. It's interesting. I think it's a little exciting. Just to see finally somebody making a play on Twitch. Is what that is. It's Microsoft making a play. This to happen with YouTube, I really do. Somebody come up with a platform and actually challenges YouTube by doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then they give PewDiePie a lot of money and he goes over there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't like PewDiePie, but that's the biggest YouTuber, basically. Yeah, he's still the most. That's subscribed. a single entity. Yeah, he's the will. most subscribed, like single YouTuber. Yeah, that's not a so company, I guess. This is a ki- this Twitch mixer thing is akin to them. To another YouTube showing up. Yeah. And taking PewDiePie. Away, right. Which is interesting. It's like if Daily Motion came out of nowhere and gave <laughs> PewDiePie millions of dollars. Bruh, Daily Motion. Let's go. <laughs> I only use that to watch episodes of 90s cartoons that aren't on other streaming services. Right, because it's less regulated. Yeah. <laughs> Could just put them on the streaming services, guys. Or Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Vimeo. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if somebody could do that. I'd imagine it will happen someday. YouTube's the YouTube so bubble, shitty that it has to happen. The at YouTube some point. bubble will eventually burst, just like the Twitch bubble will eventually burst. Twitch has been making a lot of questionable decisions with things lately, and it's upsetting a lot of people. This is how every industry happens. Yeah, until it always ebbs and flows. There's always one, and then there's several. Right. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but. The bubble will burst. Will Mixer be the one to pop it? I doubt it, but it'll be interesting know. to see. Microsoft thought the Zune was going to be big. Ooh. They dropped a lot of... Microsoft just dropped a lot of money in Mixer. I tell you what, when I went to PAX East, big old Mixer booth, just as big as the Twitch booth, because it had to be just as big as the Twitch booth. <sighs> Gotta swing their dick. That kind of competition This shit. is about swinging their dick. They had a little thing where a bunch of little kids could just walk up and play Fortnite, and I was like, huh, okay. Uh, don't swing your dick at the kids. Uh, well... <laughs> As ba- by buying Ninja, they, they uh, effectively swung their figurative dick at the kids. Terrible way to put it. They but I up, understand what you mean. They, they walked up, handed Ninja a stack of Benjis, and were like, swinging at the kids. Oh, God. And Ninja was like, okay, I'll swing my dick at the kids. Ninja didn't actually swing his dick at the kids. Don't sue me for fucking slander, okay? Don't do it. You're not actually swinging your dick at kids, Ninja. Yet. Anyway... <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to something that also sucks, like what I just said. 
Jurassic. We watched Jurassic Park three, everybody, Park. and let me three. just let me just get it out right now. This movie fucking blows. It is just a complete mockery compared to the original. You set that shit side by side. It does all. It tries to do a lot of things that the first Jurassic Park did, and it fails on every single fucking one. Likeable characters missed. Interesting cinematography missed. Cool-looking dinosaurs missed. Everything looks like shit. <laughs> just miss after miss after miss after miss. This movie is just a miss. There is nothing else to it. Yeah, it's a shame too. Every transition in this movie is a dissolve. <laughs> that was weird. And what the happened, fuck was that? The first time that it happened, I was confused. <laughs> and then it kept happening. I know some people don't notice that kind of shit, but like it's hard not to notice in this movie. It is very hard not Every to notice Every scene it. dissolves into the next one. There's lots of weird camera shit in this movie. There's that weird POV shot of of Grant's POV as he gets punched, which yeah, which and is, knocked out, which is dumb. Lots of weird shots in this movie. It's like the guy thought he was emulating Sam Raimi instead of Steven Spielberg, but whatever. Um, the guy in question, I hear you wondering, is Joe Johnston. Joe yes. Johnston has. Done some movies that are good and well loved. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Jumanji. Yeah. Um, the you, Rocketeer. You and Jumanji has some questionable camera work, but it's a fun movie. It is. It's way fucking better than this shit. Oh yeah, by, by uh, a fucking mile. The Rocketeer and uh, good movie. Probably because of that movie, he got this job. Uh, Captain America One. Pretty good movie. Yeah, solid movie. I think he can direct well given proper maybe time because this it is something like... I'm gonna talk about here. Oh boy, yeah, hit me. Um so getting, was this a rush job? In some ways. In some ways it wasn't, but okay, so let's let's start let's start here. Let's start here. Before we even talk about the movie, let's, let's start. Let's start about at this. the beginning. When Spielberg's making two, Spielberg decides to make it. <laughs> Spielberg decides to direct. Originally it's not set in stone that Spielberg will return to direct Jurassic Park, uh, The Lost World. Uh, Joe Johnston wants to direct Jurassic Park 2. Spielberg decides to do it instead. And there's even, I guess, talk about um, the scene with the T-Rex in San Diego being part of a third film. And maybe that's part of the overall plot of that movie. Is more based on the mainland. That in would San be Diego. cool. The whole movie, actually. But so. Spielberg decided to keep it in part two because he wanted to direct that part. Apparently, because he felt, while making two, that he was never going to make another Jurassic Park movie again. What? So he wanted to get it in while it was uh, while the getting was good. Um, it's still not set in stone that you know it's it gets set in stone pretty early on. That there's going to be a third Jurassic Park because two made enough money. Um, when asked about the possibility of a third Jurassic Park film in uh, the late 90s, Spielberg responded, It would give me a tremendous headache just to think about it. Damn. <laughs> um, I mean, after after what that sort of nightmare that was two, I don't blame He him. admittedly didn't like working on two eventually, so I can understand 
in 98, Universal announces this movie. It doesn't come out until 2001. I think uh, Lost World came out in 97. Yeah. So literally just a year passed, and they're like, we're making Jurassic Park 2. I'm sorry, 3. Yeah. Reportedly, Spielberg and Michael Crichton were going to craft a screenplay or a story idea. Now, Michael Crichton has nothing to fucking do with this movie or this franchise ever again. He wrote The Lost World, which has nothing to do with the movie. And maybe because it didn't take any elements from his book, he was not keen to return. But That's fair. I don't even think he wanted to write the second book, to be honest with you, judging from some of the quotes from Michael Crichton. Yeah, it was so, questionable. I don't know. I've never read the books. I, I don't really know for sure for myself. Uh, rest in peace, Michael Crichton. I'm sorry that this franchise got turned into poop. Anyway... <laughs> Their original idea, apparently, involves Alan Grant. It's always devised that he's the main character, which I think is a good choice. One of the good choices this movie makes is bringing back Alan Grant. Yeah, absolutely. Sam Neill. He works better as a main character than Chef Goldblum. Yeah, but he also needs a strong supporting cast. (laughs) He does not receive one. I'm, I'm just saying that that's a fine idea. He was a good part of the first movie. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to have, but it was good to have characters that balanced out his cynicism. Yes, those characters do not exist in this movie. No, they justify his cynicism. Yes, if anything else. So the story apparently involves Alan Grant living illegally on Isla Sorna. Or one of the islands. He Why? goes to study. He gets... I, I guess the idea would be that he becomes obsessed with the dinosaurs from his time spent on Jurassic Park. And he goes to, like, live there and research them because paleontology research isn't the same thing when the real thing is out there. Joe Johnston says about it, He'd snuck in after not being allowed in to research the dinosaurs and was living in a tree like Robinson Crusoe. But I couldn't imagine this guy wanting to get back on any island that had dinosaurs in it after the first movie. And I agree. Yeah, fair That's assessment. the wrong way to fucking go. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Absolutely. So, they began writing a different approach. This approach involves teenagers getting stuck on the island. Uh, I don't know how long this version lasts. Uh, according to Johnston... Uh, He has two contradicting quotes about this version of the script. First, he says it's not a badly written script. Then he says it read like a bad episode of Friends. I I don't see these things being about the same script. No. But whatever. So that one gets scrapped. New writers. This is one that sounds interesting to me, and I'm kind of mad they didn't go this route. This is at least a more interesting plot than what we got. So, uh, spoilers for the end of the movie. The pterodactyls or the uh, pterodons or whatever, yeah, fly off of the fucking island because they can. They can, yeah. And then they're just gonna go somewhere. So this was gonna be about they escape and they like mysterious killings start happening on the mainland, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And then it's fucking dinosaurs, and then they call in Alan Grant, and it's like a mystery, and they're researching it, and then they get stuck on the island. With all the dinosaurs. Uh, so there'd be two stories happening simultaneously. Investigation on the mainland, figuring out what's going on, and then them researching on the island itself to find out how the dinosaurs got out, or whatever. Yeah. 
this is more complicated than what we got, and I think actually more ingrained in the lore and more ingrained in the actual sequence of events from the first two. Yeah. Sounds a lot more interesting to me. I, I don't know. Apparently they get so far as to actually build sets, make costumes, make props, all based on this script. And then, five weeks before filming begins. Holy shit. Spielberg and Johnson reject the entire script. They've already spent uh, $18 million, apparently. I'm sure some oh. of it ended, uh, found its way into the movie. My God. Now uh, they uh, decide to go with this uh, different script in quotation marks. Yeah, because it's horrible. Okay. There's no. Uh -oh. I mean in quotation marks because there's no fucking script for Jurassic Park 3. What? <laughs> Not all at once. Uh, by the okay, They so, did it as they went? Kind of. Holy shit. So they get this simpler plot about rescuing the little boy, right? Yes. They go with that. According to Johnston, we shot pages that eventually went into the final script, but we didn't have a document. They're shooting without a script. Or they're writing it as they go, and then they're shooting it. <laughs> the shoot goes slow as shit. William H. Macy said, we would do a quarter page some days. An eighth of a page. My God. And that would be a full 12-hour day. So they're writing it as they go, and they're just trying to make it work is the vibe that I got from this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. And watching the movie itself? Yeah, makes sense. That's pretty fucking obvious. That's There's no story? Sense. No. The story that there is there is 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 the barest of bare bones. Oh, There's kid. no character development. There's no character. Kid gets trapped on island. Trick Grant... Get Trap on Island 2. Get Out Island. Movie. There's a couple subplots that happen that kind of suck. Side characters aren't great. You have the kid who seems really interesting at first because he's, he's a kid who has somehow managed to survive on this island for eight weeks. And then... And he's... Does this like he even saves Grant at when he gets introduced, and yeah. it's really interesting because like oh wow he's like, what did he learn while he was here? And then when he reunites with his parents, it all gets thrown out the window. Yeah, none of that matters after that point. <laughs> he's the, just a kid. The basic bare bones of what happens is uh, so let's let's pick up like where where our characters are when we start. Sure, you have Alan Grant who is at another dig site doing the digging, mm -hmm. digging as he would. <laughs> You have, what's her fucking name? Billy is his uh, compatriot there. Yes. A uh, up-and-coming paleontologist man. Yeah, very young, um, a young kid who is, uh, who's got a fucking big throbber for paleontology. He's throbbing for paleontology. And the camera's throbbing for them close-ups of him throughout Jesus this Christ, film. it is too much. Uh, it, it is, is too, too fucking much. much. Hey, listen up, guys. Hey, hey, mm -hmm. hey, guys. Hey, hey, cinematographers. I want you to, <laughs> I want you to take, I want you to peer a good look into my words. Look Do at not, my words? Don't get so fucking close. Please. I understand when it's useful. You know when it's not useful? All the time. Don't do it. It was like every shot of this kid. It was yeah. so... It got to the point where it was unsettling. Yeah. And not in the way that they were intending. So anyway, we get the sense that he really 
just wants to go back to his job at being a paleontologist after the events of Jurassic Park. Because he is just sick of it. And he's sick of uh, being constantly asked about it because that's all he gets asked about at professional events. And, you know, maybe because people know that there's actual dinosaurs out there, the interest or maybe the funding for paleontology is really... It's dwindling. Taking a downturn there. Yeah, it's very Uh, much dwindling. It's basically how Jurassic Park 1 starts, where it's like, man, we only have enough money to keep the site going for another blah, blah, blah. And then Rich Man shows up and offers him a undisclosed amount of large money to help him with something. And how can he say no? That's what happens. Grant and Billy are offered a lot of money to take this rich couple, the Kirbys, played by uh, William H. Macy. And uh, what the fuck is her shitty dumb name? It plays out like a wild episode of Shameless. <laughs> it's a, it's a, oh yeah, he just like gets like a severe amnesia, forgets that he's a, a Gallagher, and just thinks he's a, a Kirby. Tia, Tia Leone? From the hit show Madam Secretary. <coughs> Great. Mondays on CBS. Great. I'm just, oh, I'm even just, better. I'm just fucking guessing. I could be fucking right. But um, anyway, they lie. <laughs> yeah. They just lie to Grant. They're like, we're rich. Here is all the money ever. Come take us on a tour of the island. And he's like. From the plane. I literally can't say no because it's so much money. And he doesn't question it further than that because Grant's stupid. He is dumb. Uh, so then they're on the plane, and it becomes pretty apparent pretty fast that they're planning to land the plane on the island with the dinosaurs. And he's like, oh, fuck no. And uh, they knock him out. There's a couple guys with them. Uh, none of none of them matter. There's what three security guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like a like a like the pilots and and a, and a gunner man. Yeah. Who also is lying to them. Which yes. is funny. He actually ended up being, like, my favorite character, even though he doesn't last very long. His name is Udeski. Uh, I wanted to bring him up because this man is an absolute legend. And you know him. You know him from your childhood. The man's name is Michael Jetter, and he was on Elmo's World as Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Oh, Noodle. shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. He's here. He's in Jurassic Park 3. Mr. Noodle gets his head bit off by a big old dinosaur. Yeah. It's unfortunate. He gets noodled. Um, this man uh, passed away a few years ago. Rest in peace, Michael Jetter. Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. Sidebar. Will live on in our hearts forever. Sidebar, can I name this episode Throbin for paleontology? If you really want to, All right, very good. Me. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> You had to say that after I said rest in peace to him. Man. <laughs> yeah, I fucking you did. Fucking you fucking absolute shit. Absolutely, load. my guy. Oh, God. Problem. Have some fucking respect for Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. I, okay? I, I will actually rest in peace, Mr. Noodle. Anyway, so they fucking crash land. Or no, they just land. They just land. They just land. That's right. Crash land happens later when they try to leave. Uh, dumb bitch. Got my megaphone going, Eric! Eric! The, the, Eric is the thing that said the most in the script of this movie. Yes. I, what script? I, yeah, exactly. But I assume whenever they turned in a script to the trash can or whatever they had to deliver it to. <laughs> Just um, feeding it in. It had like about 90 instances of uh, Eric in it. 
Boy, they say Eric a lot. So Grant's like, what the fuck's going on? And they kind of like come clean and they're like, you know, no, we're not rich. No, we're just looking for our son. He crashed here with, um, you know, we're actually separated. Uh, that's important to note because they have to have a dumb, like, rekindling their divorce oh. romance story plot. Great, I don't care. It is terrible and then unnecessary. Don't care. And so they're looking for their son. Accidentally parachuted on the island. Oops. With uh, her, like, ex or whatever. Uh, well, soon to be ex because he's a fucking bones! Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was like, her, probably her boyfriend at the time. Now he's a skeleton. Oops. Right on me, Yeah, and quite possibly one of the funniest scenes in cinema history where the skeleton pops down on her and she just goes, for like five minutes. Now, the funniest scene in this movie is when Alan is asleep, Alan falls asleep on the plane. Oh my god, it's a legend. It's a legendary scene. And it almost makes up for the whole movie. Doesn't, doesn't he, at all. And but it's so great. you get like kind of like a dreamy scene where he's 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 having a dream and he's thinking like he's awake and he's looking around. And there's nobody there and he hears, "Alan, wake up, Alan!" And then he turns and it's a fucking Velociraptor saying, "Wake up, Alan!" The Velociraptor mouths, "Alan!" And then he wakes up and then it's Billy saying it. It looks so <sighs> stupid. It's great. It looks so dumb. Oh, it, it's very dumb. Nothing in this, by the way, none of the dinosaurs in this movie are practical as far as I know. Some of it is. There are certain shots of the Spinosaurus close up, certain shots of raptors close up, but you are right. The, like, it's, it's a downward slope. Jurassic Park is almost equal parts CG and animatronic practical effects. Then the Lost World has less practical, more CG, which is somewhat necessary considering you have a giant T-Rex in San Diego. Yes. And then in part three, probably 90% CGI. And it's CGI from the year 2001, which is a particularly bad bad era for CGI. CGI that's aged the absolute worst. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all seen Phantom Menace, right? <laughs> well, even that has been touched up because you know George Lucas likes to... Touch up Depp's Y'all Star seen Wars Phantom movie. Menace in the theater? Yes. That's, yes. Oof. It looked yeah. bad. I was thinking more like, you know, you got your Scorpion King. That looked bad. At the end of Mummy Returns. You got your uh, 2003 Ang Lee Hulk. You got your, <laughs> all the great early 2000s CGI nightmares that uh, we were subjected to. God, what Blade a... Trinity. Blade Trinity? Is that notorious for bad CGI? Oh, yeah. It looks like shit. Oh, well, there's the legendary scene where Wesley Snipes won't open his fucking eyes, right? Yeah. That's fucking... Ooh. They had to they had to CGI animate Wesley Snipes opening his eyes because he just refused. Yeah, it looks fucking... What hilarious. an absolute legend. Like me when watching Blade, Blade Trinity, I sleep. He refused to open his eyes much like he refused to pay his fucking taxes. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. Uh, what? They get attacked by Spinosaurus. Should we talk about the Spinosaurus? Sure. It looks dumb. It's way more badass than a T-Rex, right? In fact, a T-Rex shows up and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, and then it just fucking kicks the T-Rex's ass. Great. That T-Rex is a pussy compared to the Spinosaurus. It looks like shit. It's like a Super Saiyan 3 T-Rex. It looks like shit. It looks horrible. Yeah, I think it looks horrible. This okay. I like the design of the Spinosaurus. Nope. I don't like the CGI. Nope, it looks like shit. 
Well, okay. As a concept, I think it looks like shit. It's a real fucking dinosaur, you dip. Yeah, it, it's not a good-looking dinosaur. <laughs> God's mistake. <laughs> it looks like shit. It does. It, it is <clears throat> as as a one-up to the T-Rex, right? Yeah, T-Rex is way more iconic. In movie, in movie concept, looks mm-hmm. worse than the T-Rex. Yeah. Doesn't look as cool. I, I appreciate that they tried to do something different. <coughs> it didn't because work. you can't just do T Rex every time. You know the same thing T Rex does. I don't know. They do. They just approach it in like an anime sensibility, where it's like, man, you thought Frieza was tough. Well, here comes Cell, and I'm like, fuck off. You can't do that with dinosaurs. <laughs> like, like, yeah, okay. So the Spinosaurus beats the fuck out of the T Rex. Okay, could it have happened just as easily the other way around if we're realistically speaking? Come on. And also, there's no mention of this dinosaur before or ever again in the continuity of these movies. So, invented just for the sake of this movie that InGen made it? I don't know. They tried to give a shitty excuse. It was like, that wasn't on InGen's list. So who knows what else they had cooked up. And then they never explore whatever the fuck that sentence means. No. So. Because it's boring. almost like, it's almost like no script. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> it's almost like script is mainly just a, uh, you know, instead of a script, they just replaced it with scenes where like dinosaurs happen. <laughs> yes, that's the majority of this movie where you have these people going around looking for looking for their son or, you know, Alan's like, I'm heading for the coast. Fuck you. And then they, of course, he runs into Eric, their he son. runs into Eric anyway. Mm-hmm. And they, they spend basically the whole movie just being terrorized by dinosaurs. That is the concept. That is the execution. There is not much else of substance to this. Yeah. You can at least divide stuff in like two, and certainly one, into key arcs. Yes. And things that happen, like the scene with... The T-Rex is at the end, and before that, there's stuff on the island with raptors in the grass and in the, in the warehouse where Jeff Goldblum's black daughter does gymnastic karate. But, but be that as it may, it's, it's very strange that this movie never really feels like it's divided in that way. It's just like they run from this dinosaur. Now they're running from raptors. Now they're running from pterodactyls. Now they're in the water and it's the Spinosaurus again. Now it's raptors again. It's just just blah, 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 blah. Scenes happen. Yeah. That's boring as fuck. I don't know how much else I can say about this movie. Well, I mean, there's certain things I'd like to get to. Get terrible side plot. Billy steals a raptor egg. Uh-oh. That's right. Two raptor eggs. Mm-hmm. And, uh... How that gets resolved is the climax of the movie. Also, this bad movie, climax of the movie. This yeah. movie has like an anti-climax. It feels like there's more movie coming when the movie ends, and then it doesn't. Yeah, movie just ends. There's no real major resolution to the Spinosaurus. It's not like in the original or two where like the T-Rex plot kind of has an arc. You know, the T-Rex shows up at the end again in one to actually help them this time around. Just by circumstance, not on purpose. Yeah. And then in two, obviously, it's in San Diego by the end of the movie. Well, I like I like the end of Jurassic Park, the first one, <laughs> where you know, the T-Rex kills the raptor, you know, and then you get the whole iconic shot where the thing falls down. Yeah, that's when the dope. banner falls down. And it's just like, the entire point of that is to show you, hey, 
this thing is the, the is the king. Yeah. If you got inadvertently saved by the king, then you would have been fucked. There's no real hierarchy. You got lucky. You got lucky and you escaped. That's right. the idea of yeah, the first yeah, yeah, Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park, right? So you know Jurassic Park 2, and right, you bring that king to the mainland. And that part is interesting of the movie. Now you have them having being forced to outsmart it. I genuinely like that part of Jurassic yeah, Park That too. part's fun. Yeah. Then you get to Jurassic Park 3 where it's like, okay, establishes from the very beginning of the movie, right? Very beginning of the movie says, raptors are smart. Yeah, they right? spend an awful lot of time talking they about They spend time about this concept, raptors, raptors are smarter smart. than we've right. ever thought. Right. That's a big point of the movie, right? Uh-huh. And the last scene of the movie, okay... That's major scene of the movie. The climax, if you will. Yeah. Is with these raptor eggs, right? Uh-huh. And the raptors show up, surround them, and then they communicate, and then and then, and then it's been show them they communicate, much like humans can. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get their eggs back. And they give them the eggs. The raptors run away. What did you come out from that with? Oh, raptors are smart. Oh, it told you that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there's no real progression. Right, it doesn't. It, it doesn't just, tell you anything new. They take their eggs back. It doesn't and they fuck off. Right, it doesn't. It doesn't give you something to take away. That what's already given to you at the beginning of the movie. Not a damn thing in everyone's arc, not just the dinosaurs. Right, it's that's all the whole. What's Grant's arc in this movie? Nothing. It's like character regression. First off, I, I hate where they stick him in his life in this movie. Yeah. So, the end of Jurassic Park 1, right? <coughs> Ten years or so before this movie happens. You got a man whose character development is that he hates children and is obsessed with his work. That's all he cares about, right? And he learns to love kids. He learns to love kids, and maybe he can start a family, and maybe that'll help his relationship with his girlfriend, and maybe they can start a family, because that's the implication that I got from that ending. That maybe he can become human. You know what I mean? Because right. it, before then, he just is paleontology man. When we see him in the beginning of this movie, he's paleontology man. Honestly, more so than he was before. <laughs> in the end of this movie? Still Paleo- paleontology man. Still paleontology I, uh, man. There, there could have maybe been some stuff about him rekindling his, uh, you know, relationship with kids, with Eric. But no. Uh, the decision to make... Laura Dern's character, just a cameo, is very bizarre. She should actually just be in the fucking movie. I don't know what these sequels' reliance on only one character is about. I don't know. There's more than one character in Jurassic Park. The ensemble is what makes Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know some people died, so maybe you don't want it. You want people that can die. And so if you're not going to kill the main character, you need other characters who, like, you feel like, oh, they could die at any moment. Which you don't have anymore if you bring back everybody, I guess. Or Why you could not? just make it be surprising. Like, if Jeff Goldblum died in a Jurassic Park sequel, that'd be fucking nuts. Yeah, people would... And you could actually get audience reaction out of that. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Like, I think about shit like that. They don't think about shit like that at all. At all. They're just like, okay, let's make movie with Malcolm. Okay, let's make movie with Grant. Like, why not together? They hate each other. That's fun as shit. Put them in a survival situation. That would be great. Fucking stupid. Yeah, I'll get it. Can you add, like, what the fuck is the point of a sequel? <laughs> what is the point? There, is a, there, there never has been one. Right. Uh, there's never been a moment in either of these two sequels that feels like it justified its existence to me. Yeah. 
the closest we got in two was when they had the twist where the dinosaur goes to San Diego. And then you get to play around with that. But now that that scene's done, there's nothing else I can think of that Jurassic Park can do. <laughs> right. I mean, I haven't seen World and I haven't seen World 2. Yeah, it makes me look forward to I, them less. I, yeah, honestly, because this is a real low point. This is just nothing but just like run away from the monster scenes. And originally I thought that this movie was better than two because it aspired to be less. It aspired to be a B monster movie with people running away from dinosaurs. But, it didn't. but I don't think it does. I think it thinks it's being smarter than it is at all points. Yeah. I think it thinks that it has good characters. And it really doesn't. I could give a fuck less if these people get back together. Yeah. The movie seems to think that they did nothing wrong by the end. But they fucking kidnapped a man and got people killed. They're terrible, yeah. awful people yeah, who like are going to go to fucking prison. Right. It's not like in <laughs> Jurassic Park 1. Yeah. Where, like, you had that scene where, like, they all sat down and they were like, you fucked up, dude. They had a scene where he, were like, oh, God, what's his fucking name? What, the main guy? Rich man, Jurassic Park 1. Yeah, uh, yeah. fucking, uh... I, I'm bad with names. Yeah, why am I This is established. Blank? This is established on the podcast that I'm really bad with names. <laughs> So, but yeah, they know. But the point being that they had that scene where they were sitting in that lunchroom. It's Hammond, by the Hammond, way. Hammond, yeah. They're sitting with Hammond in that lunchroom, and they're just like, dude, you really fucked up. And he had to come to that realization and use that to help get everybody out of there alive. To at least try to mend something. This doesn't happen I feel like in Jurassic Park. open in the air whether he actually gets punished at the end of one. Which is a good thing. By the time you get to two, it's obvious that he, rec- it, it, he nothing bad happened to him. Yeah, which is stupid. Which sucks. He should have, but like, <sighs> kind of left open in one. He at least had some kind of like character development through that in the first movie. Where, and remorse. Right, and for remorse. His actions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. None of that happens in three with these characters. No, they tricked a man to go to an island where he could have got fucking murdered. And then it tries to make you sympathetic. And other characters. And those some of those characters died. Yeah. And, and it does not make you and I it, don't it care. To, and the movie I tries to make care. you sympathetic towards them instead of like No, fuck those guys. I wanted them to get eaten by dinosaurs all right. the time. I was rooting for it actively. And never happened. <laughs> Especially the wife who seemed to want to scream all the time and just lead the dinosaurs directly to them. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm not that William H. Macy's character was any better. He was also a fucking idiot and a half. All of them are. Even <sighs> Grant's kind of an idiot in this movie. Yeah, they kind of fucked him up too. Because he just kind of seems like he's just annoyed the whole movie. Which, admittedly, makes sense. But, you know, the good thing about the first one was that that was how he began the movie. And then throughout the actions of the plot... He kind of grew as a person because that's what you call a character arc. Yeah, it doesn't happen. And that's in this how movie. you write a script. And this movie didn't fucking have a script. <laughs> that's that's this the movie point. He had a dumb idea to just be like, let's make bigger T Rex. Let's make a scene with pterodactyls because boy, we wanted to do that in two, but you know we couldn't. So let's do it in the three. That's the only reason why that shits in this movie. The bird it's, cage scene. Right. That's all. That that's how it that's how it is with this movie. You gotta that's, get more action, 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 because that's what people like about Jurassic Park, right? This is it's not the fucking characters and the great moments. This movie is bare bones, run away from the dinosaur movie. There is little to no substance to it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I actively and aggressively <laughs> hate this film. I don't blame you one bit. It's not good. It's shot like shit. There's no script. The characters aren't likable. The dinosaurs don't look well. Nothing looks well. Yeah. It's it's terrible. 
This movie's terrible, and I'm I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done. I got a couple dumb things to say. Go ahead with that. We'll, and if it's, then we'll, if it's if we'll it is tidy like it up. right, if it is act, the externals of it, I want to hear it. But oh yeah, no, we're done with the plot. There's no more plot. Th- that's uh, it. Wh- whatever. They get saved. The military shows up because uh, Grant's able to call Ellie. Right, yeah, that's it. Which is a stupid idea that he called Ellie, by the way. Yeah. Why is that your first instinct to call? Because her boyfriend. Why don't you call the Costa Rican police government, whatever, a a nearby organization (laughs) that can save you? No, but it was established earlier in the movie that she was like, if you're ever in a pinch, call me. That doesn't mean from Dinosaur (laughs) Island. That means from, like, you know, if you need a place to stay. Yeah. If you need somebody to talk to, I don't. Why are they divorced? Why is this movie just like no one can be happy, <laughs> including the audience? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. All right, look, this one's quick. You may have not noticed that this actually isn't composed by John Williams. Right. John Williams was busy working with Steven Spielberg on a little movie that isn't a Steven Spielberg movie, known as AI. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> Is this movie better or worse than that movie? Better. Ouch. Better. AI at least has some ideas? It's Question like, mark? well-acted parts, too. <laughs> AI's a fucking weird It movie. is weird, it's a mess, but it is a, it, it is a mess that it entertains me more. So anyway, Williams recommends Don Davis. Do you recognize that name? Nope. He's the composer of the Matrix movies. Oh, okay. All three of them. Okay. That's the most famous thing he's done. In this movie, he decides to just literally just be John Williams. Yeah. Which was weird. Like, I was actually taken aback that it wasn't John Williams once we got down to it. I was like, what? Huh? (laughs) Like, they literally just play the Jurassic Park theme. Yeah, of course they do. They have to. Do you even have a composer at that point? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? He was probably like, aha, easy check. So obviously this movie got mixed reviews. Oh, mixed. So usually From on, on our program here, I like to go to the reviews and see what Roger Ebert said. Because Roger Ebert's a man who I like to read his reviews and I respect. Don't always agree. I certainly fucking don't this time. Roger Ebert gave this a thumbs up. What? In his review, he said... It is not as awe-inspiring as the first film, or as elaborate as the second, but in its own B-movie way, it's a nice little thrill machine. I can't praise it for its art, but I must not neglect its craft, and on that basis, I recommend it. Shut the fuck up, idiot. Yeah. I'm sorry, Roger. I respect you. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, but you're also, like, dumb. This is worse than when you said Geely was good, you fucking hack. What the fuck? Geely was good. <laughs> Geely was better than Jurassic Park 3. Easy, I'll was... go on the record as saying that shit. That Geely is fucking hilarious. Geely is so bad it's good, in my opinion. Right. Um, Jurassic Park 3 is just a mess. Yeah, this isn't so bad it's good, besides the <laughs> besides the Alan scene. Besides, wake up, Alan. Wake up, Alan. Say <laughs> uh, there's the only time. Honestly... The Lego video game levels of this probably movie. better than the movie. One hundred percent, Eric, the little kid. It's just a briefly mentioned in the movie, but like his power for the Lego game is throwing T Rex piss. That's dope. <laughs> he throws little yellow vials of 
fucking dino piss and it scares other dinosaurs away from objects and then you can go get them and shit I, it's so stupid so yeah that's about it other than you know blah 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 we'll probably save this for the end of our jurassic park discussion in a couple weeks but uh seven video games about jurassic park 3 were made to tie in seven. Oh, we'll get into that lots of bad jurassic park video games I'm a big fan of that sit-down gun one at the arcade near us. Is like that fun? That game. It's fun. It's really one. dumb, but it's Jurassic Park. And that's what's sad. Now it's dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb. <sighs> Watching this after the Terminator hurts, because it's mainly the same kind of feeling I have. Yeah, it where is. it's just like this classic all-time great movie, and then just fucking garbage. Endless trash, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and will that endless trash end? With well, this Jurassic next one? World is a well-reviewed movie. We'll see if I agree with that. It didn't interest me when it came out enough so that I didn't go see it. But maybe part of that was that you know I remembered two and three. Yeah. Maybe this is closer to like a good reboot. Maybe it's not. If it's like. As good as two, I'll be happy. I hope it's better than three. Right. If it's better than three at this point, I'll at least be happier. Which, I mean, that's a low, low point, so I yeah. imagine it will be. I'm at least hoping our, like, you know, ranking doesn't just go in order. It won't. I doubt it. I completely doubt it. <laughs> well, yeah, three this, is so bad that, like, I feel like that's impossible at this from point. From what I can tell, both world movies at least have more artistic merit than three. Well, I'm not certain about world two. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There were some fun hot takes about that movie. So, uh... We'll see. Excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll find out yep, next week. by excited, I mean frightened for my own life. Yeah, next week's world. Um, I'm gonna go to bed because I have a day job because none of you pay me. Okay, bye. Well, maybe if we had a script, we could get something done. But, you know, hey... <laughs>